welcome back to another Macaro Commodity Update. These short updates are designed to give you a summary of what is happening in the agricultural markets. We'll tend to cover grains, livestock and wool. Some weeks we may miss out on a commodity if we feel that there's not much to say, but generally we'll just get straight to the point. As per usual, we'll start this week with grains. And it's been a very interesting month. You know, it's basically 180 degrees flip from the start of May. Back at the start of May, we were expecting things to be pretty bearish. Uh, the world was awash with wheat. Corn market was looking pretty uh, pretty poor. Everything was really looking point towards production being good and uh, a low-priced environment to prevail. But as we know, this time of the year is extremely volatile. We have the Northern Hemisphere market, with, uh, the weather market. And what tends to happen is there can be times when we get flooding, we get drought, we get snow. It can push markets uh, very fast in, in, in the Isle of Direction. So this isn't unusual to have big events uh, pushing the market this time of year. That's why we always tend to advise people, especially consumers, to get their hedges on prior to this May, May to July period. But for producers, it can provide some pretty good opportunities for, for locking in some pricing. So... What has really happened? Why, why are prices where they are? You know, when we look at uh, CBOT, we can see that corn and CBOT wheat are all up about 23% uh, month on month. And this is largely, it's not going to do wheat. Like wheat is still looking relatively good, but it's really a corn story. Those guys have had, you know, rainfall after rainfall and just can't get their seeding equipment out into the paddocks. And what, one of the things we do know is that uh, corn and wheat, they, uh, they correlate very closely with one another. So when when the corn price rises, we tend to see a follow-through effect onto wheat and vice versa. So the correlation is roughly you know, 0 0.8 with 1 being perfect and 0 being no correlation. So so yeah, really the story is, is just corn. And what's basically one of the issues is in the US, they have an insurance program where you have to plant your corn by a certain period of time, otherwise you lose cover. You lose 1% of your cover per day after the final planting period. And we've got those maps on the website, so you can actually see which regions of the country have different you know, planting dates. What it does is it puts us in a position where they are unlikely to be able to plant as much corn as you would expect, and, and estimates are pretty poor for what they're going to plant this year. And... So what are they going to do? Do they do they forego their insurance or or risk planting later and having yield penalties, or do they do they do they plant soybeans or do they fallow? You know, it's it's going to be a very interesting couple of months, and we've seen this market just take off like a rocket, and uh, yeah, it's provided some fantastic opportunities for producers to lock in some some pretty strong prices, and we have seen a bit of a flow on effect into the ASX. We've seen um, our prices rise uh, about 9% uh, since this time last month. And that's off the back of you know both the international issues that we're seeing in the US, but also locally we're getting those issues with you know just the severe lack of rainfall. It's, it's too early to, to write the crop off, but it never looks promising when all of the weather forecasts are pretty much showing nothing on the horizon or when they do show something on the horizon, it tends to disappear by the time it's supposed to come. So it really is a case of, you know, waiting and watching, but definitely some, some fantastic pricing prop points for, for producers to lock in some, some long-term pricing. So really, to sum it up, corn is really driving the wheat market. 
and uh, it's providing some fantastic opportunities. So I'm going to pass you off to Matt, and he's going to cover off on livestock. Yeah, thanks for that, Andrew. Uh, we'll jump straight into sheep markets this week. Uh, last week we mentioned uh, about the uh, mutton price uh, reaching new highs, and uh, this week, just late in the week, we saw the Eastern States trade lamb indicator uh, reach a new high, traded to 888 uh, just yesterday. Uh, so pipping um, last season's uh, peaks. Um, interestingly, we we did see the peak last season late later in the year, uh, closer into um, the, the you know into the depth of winter. So um, there might still be some more legs left in this um, lamb price. And certainly, um, if you look at uh, some, one of our biggest customers, the US, uh, they take about 23% of our lambs. Um, and wholesale prices in the US have been uh, hitting historical highs or near the historical highs too. They're up uh, about six to seven percent on on this time last year. And um, if you project that forward and and, and say that we, we're going to get similar type uh, peaks in the Eastern States trade lamb indicator as we head further into winter, we could even see the ESTLI up to around the nine dollars thirty, sorry, nine hundred and thirty cents a kilo mark, uh, which would be uh, incredible. Um, the National Mutton uh, still holding firm uh, at, at the highs uh, at, and historic highs, 584 cents uh, closing yesterday. So uh, still on track uh, as we head into winter to see a peak in that one above $6 as well. Um, and fueling that is the uh, continued demand out of China uh, for our mutton product. Uh, turning to cattle markets, we did some analysis this week on the back of the um, Angus Conference in Albury, uh, Angus Through the Ages Conference, which was celebrating 100 years of the Angus um, Association. Um, and just did a bit of an analysis on uh, what kind of uh, premiums Angus actually do get using some Auctions Plus data. Uh, and that showed uh, across the uh, the last um, five, five years or so, um, that Angus get around a 25 cent live weight premium above uh, non-Angus breeds uh, through the Auctions Plus system, uh, and um, on a percentage terms, about 8% of the uh, of the live weight price uh, premium spread for the Angus. Um, if you're thinking what's the normal range for that type of a, a movement in in cents per kilo live weight, you're talking uh, about a 12% to a 38% premium as as fairly average uh, what you consider normal. Um, compared to to other breeds. So that was uh, what we're looking at in the markets uh, this week. Thanks, Andrew.